All right, guys. Hello, and welcome into the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod. Thank you all for joining me. In this episode, we'll be previewing the upcoming weekend series for the LSU baseball team as they travel to Tuscaloosa to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide. What are the keys to the weekend for the LSU Tigers? Also, who will make the get right, stay right list? And then finally, my series prediction. Thank you for tuning in. If you are listening in on audio for the first time, the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod is available on Google, Apple, Spotify, and other audio platforms. If you are viewing this on the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU YouTube channel, please make sure to subscribe to the channel, hit that like button, comment, and hit that notifications bell as well. On Twitter, you can follow me at 60FT6INLSUPod. Make sure to follow Retweet, like, comment, set your notifications as well so you can interact with me during the games. And as always, thank you to everybody for all the likes, the retweets, and the support. It is greatly appreciated. Before we get started, I'm going to give a quick shout out to some of my uh, very dear friends who have been listening to this and they've been enjoying the content, but I just want to thank them for their support. So first, my man Steve, Spot Steve, Steve and Jenny up in D.C. I appreciate y'all. love y'all. Thank you for the support. Ty and Rick, my boys from Dallas, we're all separated now, but huge college baseball fans. Thank y'all. My man, Ray Wright, we connected a while back, and um, we pulled for two of the same teams. A little bit of soccer as well there, right? Come on, you Spurs. And then, um, as always, everybody else you know who interacts with me as well. So thank you for the support. And last, I'm going to retweet some stuff, but if you're in Baton Rouge on Saturday at 9 a.m., one of my dear friends and former LSU baseball player, Cedric Harris, and his wife, um, Marie Ferdinand, now Marie Harris, she was a star for the LSU basketball team. They lost their son tragically last year to an ATV accident. They are doing a fundraiser. It's called the Be Like CJ Foundation. They have done amazing things with that foundation. Their strength and their purpose just amazes me. Um, you can always interact with those guys on Twitter and Instagram. Cedric's always doing things in the community. They will be in Baton Rouge Saturday, 9 a.m. at the Old Front 9 for some type of team challenge, race, or activity. So I know me and my family are going to go out there and check it out to show support for Sed and Marie. And um, one of my dear friends, and everybody loves Sed at LSU. And uh, him and Marie have been great through this whole ordeal. And they have turned a tragedy into something special. So the Be Like CJ Foundation, Saturday morning, 9 o'clock in Baton Rouge. He didn't ask me for that, but it's my podcast, and I'm going to put it out there. So hope to see everybody out there. All right, I'm excited about this pod. Got some good things for y'all going. Some bold steps. Look, we're not here to make easy predictions. And I'll get to that later. We're just not here. Y'all don't, y'all don't come over here to say, oh, LSU's going to win the Series 2-3. I'll check y'all next time. You know, Cruz and Barry going to hit a bomb. We're here to go out on limbs. So let's go. LSU, Alabama. Can't stand Alabama. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I did see the times. It looks like Friday is going to be 6 o'clock. Saturday's a little bit of a later start, actually another night game, I believe 7.30, don't quote me on that, and then Sunday I believe is a 1 o'clock first pitch. So LSU comes in at 30-14 and 14 and 12-9 and nine in SEC play with a victory over Nichols 10-6 on Tuesday, and they sit in a three-way tie for second place in the SEC West along with Auburn and A&M. Side note, Auburn is playing Arkansas this weekend, let those two guys battle it out. Alabama comes in at 25 and 20 on the year, 9 and 12 in SEC play. They did not play a midweek game this week. And as y'all know, LSU's coming off a big series, taking two or three from Georgia at home. That was huge. 
while Bama got swept on the road at South Carolina last week. And Bama has only won two SEC series this year, taking two of three from the Aggies and sweeping Ole Miss, which kind of came out of nowhere. So Alabama's been up and down, but they're really scuffling as of late. LSU's RPI currently stands at 14 with a strength of schedule of 16. Teams to watch out for now that are ahead of LSU. A&M has an RPI of 13. Auburn has an RPI of 4. And Georgia is third, which is a good thing for LSU because Georgia plays Vandy. Then they play Tennessee. So the more Georgia can win, the fact that LSU took two out of three from them can only be good for LSU and their RPI. Series notes. LSU leads the overall series with Alabama. 17 wins, three losses, one tie. I guess there was a rainout in there somewhere. Over the last 21 series. So complete and utter domination over the tide in baseball the last 21 years. And LSU has won the last four series. LSU has won three of the last four series, and Alabama has dropped seven of the la- of their last eight SEC games and spent three of the last four weekends on the road, so I'm sure they are glad to be at home. And oddly enough, I think their stadium's called Thomas Sewell Stadium, but they refer to it as the Joe. Leave it to the, to the Bammers to come up with some random nickname, so... But they look to snap a three-conference game or series losing streak. So not looking too hot for the Tide with LSU rolling into town. So team stats, and as a reminder, we're focused on strictly on SEC stats from here on out. LSU is hitting six in the conference, SEC games only now, hitting 266. And Bama is 10th in the conference with a 253 batting average. LSU's third in the conference with 40 home runs in SEC games. They're only behind State and Tennessee. Bama is second to last, having only hit 23 home runs in conference play. Strikeouts. LSU's hitters are striking out the least in conference play, which is pretty impressive. They're actually tied with Florida. So that stat continues to surprise me and just shows you how well um, LSU's doing with regards to putting the ball in play and getting on base. Jacob Berry's second in SEC play when it comes to hitting. He is hitting 395. He's second in on base percentage at a 485 clip. Bama does have one. We'll get into this later, but the one guy that stands out is Andrew Pinckney. He is top 15 in both of those categories, just like Barry. So top 15 in hitting and then top 15 in on base percentage. Barry is third as there is a tie at the top for hits in SEC play. So he's one off that pace. He has 32 hits in SEC play. Um, Dylan Cruz has eight home runs in conference action with 20 RBIs, and that is good for top 10 in the league in both categories there. Pitching. LSU comes in with a team ERA of 4.16. So this is SEC games only, which is good for third in the conference. And Bama has a 5.63 ERA, which is good for seventh. Okay, a little early, but I got some good ones for y'all. Gold-plated money stat time. And I'm just, that sounds terrible, but maybe it's so terrible it's good, right? Gold-plated money stats. Here we go. I got several. Alabama's pitching staff has given up the most home runs in SEC play so far this season at 42. Fabulous news if you're an LSU fan. And by the way, their ballpark is an absolute bandbox. I mean, they did redo the stadium, but my teammates and I did get our butt whooped 28-2. to in that same stadium area. And I don't really think they increased the dimensions at all. Side note, we did beat them the next day and won the SEC, but that's neither here nor there. So it's a band box over there. 
Besides giving up the most home runs in SEC play, Bama's pitchers in SEC play, they are the worst in the conference at allowing opposing right-handed hitters to get base hits. Opposing right-handed hitters hit 333 against the Alabama pitching staff. With runners on base, they are second to last in conference play. The Tide's pitchers allow opposing teams to hit 300. With two outs, it gets even worse. They'll allow a 318 average for opposing hitters. And they give up a league-leading 2.04 homers per game. So we'll call it two. Folks, look, we can't sugarcoat this. You got three more SEC series left. I mean, you are who you are at this point. And those stats aren't great. The gold-plated money stats are telling you that Alabama's pitchers aren't good. And in the SEC play, they give up the most home runs per game. The most hits to righties. The most hits with two outs. And the second worst team when it comes to runners on base. If you're LSU's hitters, those guys are going to be frothing at the mouth after they take BP tonight. I'm filming this Thursday. They're taking BP right now going, holy hell, this place is a launching pad. So, more on that later. It was cool, I thought, though. I heard Jay Johnson say that after the Nichols game, LSU bust up. God forbid they use a bus now instead of the charter. But they bust up on Wednesday. And they just chilled Wednesday night. And uh, Thursday, just hung out in Tuscaloosa. In case y'all don't know, on Thursday night, they always get into practice at the visiting team's facility. So, if they fly in, they'll fly in early morning, get to the hotel, change. Then they'll have like a regular practice at Alabama's facility. Just so they can get a feel for it, right? Take ground balls off of it. Um, see what it's like to play underneath the lights. They take BP, all that fun stuff. Um, I'm not sure if y'all know that. Just a little inside information, though. All right, a couple of individual Alabama hitters, three to four guys you need to be aware of and be careful if you're LSU's pitchers for this weekend. And it starts right now. It starts and ends really with Andrew Pinckney. He's their best hitter. He's hitting 342 in conference. He's got four home runs in conference play with six doubles. And he's slugging 605. He's going to hit in that four or five hole. He's also their center fielder. Drew Williamson, he's hitting 316 in SEC play with four home runs as well. He does lead the team with 19 RBIs in conference play, and he's slugging 532. And then it gets a little shaky. There's pretty there's a pretty big street steep drop off, but there's still some guys that can hurt you. And this is what I mean. Zane Denton. So to me, this guy's all or nothing. Listen to his stats. In conference, he's got five bombs in conference play, but he's only hitting 217. He has three walks and 32 Ks. Yep, three walks and 32 Ks. So bottom line, he's up there to swing, and he's going to get his hacks in. He's either going to put the ball in play or he's striking out. He's one way or the other, right? I'm coming back to this dugout one way or another. You're going to touch my hand at home plate or I'm punching out. But if you look at his overall stats, too, it's, it's very similar. He's got 11 home runs on the year and 12 doubles, so he's slugging 508. So while Denton doesn't hit for a great average, he hits home runs and he hits doubles, and then he punches out. So somebody to be on the lookout for if you're LSU. And lastly is, is Tommy Seidel. On the year, he's hitting 306, and he has 11 out of 12. He's been successful 11 out of 12 times on stolen base attempts, and he's really their only runner. They're like LSU. They don't steal any bags. He's got four stolen bases in conference play. But listen to this. He's hitting 306 on the year, but in SEC play, he's only hitting a buck 83. 
So he's below the Mendoza line. And he's got 25 Ks as well. So I don't know what went on with him. If he feasted early in the year non-conference and he's feasting midweek. But once conference play came around, Tommy Seidel has really struggled. But you may want to look for him to run. He seems to be their stolen base guy. In terms of Alabama starting pitching, they have three guys. They've already released their rotation. Friday, it is junior right-handed pitcher Garrett McMillan. He is two wins and three losses in SEC play on the year. 4.57 ERA, stone 41 and a third innings pitched, giving up 41 hits, 43 Ks, and a 253 batting average against. So not a bad stat line. It looks like he averages about six and a third innings pitch per outing. And that's what I noticed about their starters. They all go five to six, it looks like. And they really only have three or four guys out the pen that have halfway decent stats. Not great, but they kind of rely on those guys and they, they, they expect their starters to get them through minimum five, it seems like. Saturday, LSU will face senior right-handed pitcher Jacob McNary. He is one and two. In SEC play, is a 5.94 ERA. 33 and a third innings pitched, 42 hits, which is not great. He does only have seven walks and 31 strikeouts. And he does have a 3.11 batting average against. So hitters are um, seeing McNary stuff pretty well. And on Sunday, of course, they throw the lefty, sophomore left-handed pitcher Grayson Hill. Three and two throughout conference play, 5.73 ERA. 33 innings pitched, 33 hits, 33 Ks. I mean, there's a lot of threes right there. And a 266 batting average against. So as I stated, it looked like, you know, McMillan's going to go six. These other guys average about five innings. And then out the pin, they have they do have a true closer now. Their closer is Dylan Ray. He has three saves in SEC play. He's a right-handed pitcher. 14 and two-thirds innings pitched in conference play with 20 strikeouts. So that's pretty good stuff against some pretty good hitters. Anytime you have more than one strikeout per innings pitched and you're the closer, high leverage situations, that means you have some pretty good stuff. Their main relievers coming out the bullpen are two left-handed pitchers and Jack Leger with seven appearances and Brock Guffey with nine appearances. But they each have mid-five and even Guffey has like a 7.36 ERA in conference. So they just haven't thrown the ball well in conference. And everything about Alabama, when you look at their stats, look, bottom line, they just, everything screams middle of the road. They're ranked between 7 and 11th in pretty much every conference category. So, I mean, the record's 9-12 and 12 for a reason. But maybe a little cause for concern because they've been sitting at home all week having time to think about that sweep they just took at South Carolina. So, moving on to the get right, stay right list. Now listen, I've told y'all every week I try to I try to dig a little bit deeper, right? I try to, I mean, maybe for get right, I could still be putting Thompson on there or stay right, you know, Cruz and Barry, but that's no fun. Of course, Cruz and Barry have to stay right. That's a given. So for get right, Saturday's pitcher. I don't know who it's going to be at the time of this recording. To my knowledge, it has not been released yet. I think things are lining up for the Tigers to have a special weekend. And they need whoever is the starter and or the first reliever out of the bullpen to have a very good Saturday outing. Let's just put it at that. 
You know, last weekend, Money, I think he went two innings, gave up a two-run bomb in the first, and then the bullpen scuffled. Remember, Georgia won the Saturday game 12-7, to and they handed it to the bullpen with a lot of solo home runs. But um, I feel very confident about Hilliard in the Friday game. Why wouldn't any LSU fan feel confident with that? It's almost like he's going to have to prove us wrong or another team's going to have to do something to where I move off the fact that I just expect Mikhail Hilliard to lose on Friday. It hadn't happened in years. I'm just going to keep putting money on him to continue to throw good in the first SEC game of the weekend. So first on the get right list, Saturday pitcher. Whoever it is, we need to have a good, clean start to that game. The other get right may surprise you, Eric Razelman. Now, per the norm, we're going to expect to see him two to three times this weekend. And he's been up and down lately. In his last couple outings against Georgia, he really didn't look comfortable with his release point on his fastball. You know, he's still throwing hard. He's still 94 to 97. And he's only going to throw a fastball. But he just didn't look comfortable and he ended up getting pulled early in one outing against Georgia. And then he gave up two home runs in the Saturday game as well. So here's his stat line for the last four outings. Last four outings, Razelman, five innings pitched, six hits, five runs, five earned, two walks, nine Ks. Now, by my calculations, I'm not a math major, but his ERA is a nine. So that's not great. And maybe... Maybe it's the point in the season where guys are starting to get tired. It's starting to get hot, starting to get humid. You know, he's not from here. Maybe other guys are starting to experience it too. If they haven't pitched a lot in a couple years, this is the longest they've thrown in a while. And they're coming into high leverage pressure situations. And look, it's it's a lot different when you're called on out of the pen at LSU as opposed to I just thought of these guys because we just paid them nickel state and you're playing ULM and there's 500 people in the stands as opposed to, you know, 7,000 at the box on a Friday night and Razelman's got to come in and, and strike somebody out with men on second, third. You know, one thing that some of y'all may not realize is getting up and down in the pen, it kind of, it, it, it does have the ability to wear you out. And then getting loose in the fifth, and you go into the game during the seventh, and then maybe you walk a guy, and that's all it takes, and you get pulled, and then you have that takes a mental toll on you as well because you, you're kind of questioning yourself. And I'm not saying he's doing this, I'm just letting you know from a bullpen perspective is that it's a big learning curve to get up and down constantly, and it just takes a while for you to figure out your system. How many pitches does it take for me to get loose? How long does it take for me to get loose? If I'm loose in the bullpen and I don't have a feel for anything, can I still go out there and perform knowing I have eight warm-up pitches out there on the game mound? You know, say you get hot in the fifth and you're up again in the sixth. How much do I really need to throw to get ready to go into the game? You know, and it's the eighth and you're still getting up and getting down. So all that kind of factors into it. And maybe he's just going through a little bit of that right now. Pure speculation. And it's just kind of with him coming off of injury a while back, you know, you just have to learn your body and learn your arm. And if you're new to the bullpen, some of that stuff is just growing pains. But I think he's going to get right. I think he's going to bounce back this weekend. So Saturday's pitchers, specifically the starter and the first reliever, and Eric Razelman, get right. Stay right. My boy Pearson. I mean, this freshman is on absolute fire. He blasted two home runs on Tuesday night versus Nichols. 
He looks comfortable starting in the SEC. The moment doesn't seem too big for him. He seems very confident and relaxed at the plate. He's come through in some big situations already. Get this, his last seven games, he is 11 for 27 with a 407 batting average and three home runs. And that even includes a game where he didn't start. He didn't start the Sunday game against Georgia because they had a lefty on the mound. Coach, I don't care if the dude throws, if he's amphibious and he throws with both arms. Pearson's in the lineup, coach. Now, he's going to lead off against righties and against lefties. If you want to drop him down, that's fine. But, I mean, I've seen some discussions on Twitter. You just got to keep him in the lineup at this point. does not look like a freshman. And maybe he has another lull at some point. But he's delivered so far. 11 for 27, 407 in his last seven games, three home runs. I mean, can he continue to stay hot and be a great leadoff hitter at the top of this powerful lineup? And... um. I'm predicting he's going to get two more home runs this weekend, so put it on the books. The movie is calling Pearson hitting two more home runs this weekend at Alabama. If I'm right, I'll remind you of that. Trust me. If not, we're just going to push that to the side. The other person on the stay right list is Dutton, old Samuel Dutton. So i got a pair of freshmen on the list, a hitter and a pitcher. Look, he's coming off his best performance of the year last Sunday, going four and two-thirds against a tough Georgia lineup, and Georgia just blasted LSU's pitchers for 12 runs, 17 hits, and six home runs the day before he toes the rubber. So with a little bit of uncertainty right now in the game two spot, I think Dutton remains a very important piece for the LSU pitching staff. And I think it's important for him to continue to get off to quick starts. You know, let's just assume Hilliard wins on Friday. We don't know what's going to happen on Sunday. Win or lose, Dutton's in the money spot, right? You win, you got a chance at a sweep. You lose, you look to Dutton to salvage a series. So either way... A lot falls on the young freshman's shoulders, you know, and there's good and bad to it. I think if Coach Jay Johnson is looking at a potential sweep this weekend after taking Friday and Saturday, and he showed it before, he is going to have an ultra-quick hook with Dutton. He's going to do anything he can. He'll throw 10 pitchers if he has to, as long as he gets that game three. And that's not great for the freshman, obviously. You like to see him continue on his hot streak, continue with his consistency, but I just, I just think it's the nature of the beast right now. And anytime you can potentially get a sweep and on the road, I mean, I think everybody listening to or watching this pod is going to take it. But Dutton, I think he's going to stay right this weekend. I think he's going to follow up the Georgia performance with another strong performance. So get right. Saturday pitchers, Razelman, stay right. Pearson and Dutton, the two freshmen, making the stay right list here on the 60 feet, 6 inches LSU pod. All right, starting to wrap this thing up. What are my three keys to the weekend? And they're all very similar. They all kind of build off each other. One, LSU needs to maintain consistency as a team and handle the pressure and expectations that are starting to get heaped on them. So can LSU continue to play good, consistent baseball? They've picked it up on the defensive side. They continue to pitch it well. And we all know they have a, a very good batting order. But now the end of the year, pressure ramps up. Expectations are beginning to form with a very good shot at hosting a regional. More and more of that talk is going on in Baton Rouge Sports Radio and with some of these national baseball writers penciling LSU in as a regional host. So how does this young team respond on the road with a very winnable series against a very average Alabama team? So first key, maintain consistency as a team 
Make sure you can handle the pressure and the expectations. But two, my second key, can LSU find a way to string hits together consistently this weekend? And I heard some other people who I respect and listen to, and they thought LSU had a great hitting weekend last weekend, and I really didn't. I thought they hit a lot of home runs. Remember, they scored 17 runs last weekend, and 16 of their runs were scored by way of home run. Listen, if I'm a pitching coach for an opposing team, and my pitchers give up nine hits to LSU, but we win the game 4-2, to two, and they give up a hit an inning and maybe two solo home runs, I don't care. So just because you got nine hits, that doesn't mean anything. It's when you get those hits, at what point in the game, and do you string them together? I mean, that is my personal opinion. If, if people believe otherwise, that's their right. But LSU needs to find a way to string hits together consistently. And I talked about in the Georgia Review pod, and I would love to see them see them do that against a very average Alabama pitching staff. You know, and they do very poorly with runners on base. So can LSU find the recipe this weekend to stack good at bat, up to good at bat, up to good at bat, and produce multiple runs and multiple innings throughout the weekend? So let's say, for example, Friday night LSU scores eight runs, but only two of those runs come from a home run. Man, that is a recipe for success right there. LSU wins the game eight to three. You know, uh, Cruz hits a two-run home run, but they score six runs in other innings by stringing together singles and doubles and walks. Maybe there's an error mixed in there, and they find ways to extend innings. That's huge for this team moving forward. And I'm going to continue to harp on that because I think that's a recipe for success. The third key to the weekend, LSU needs to play with a sense of urgency. Everything is sitting there right there in front of them. I mean, they truly control their own destiny. So I know it's very similar to my first key for the weekend, but I feel like it goes hand in hand with number one and number two. It just kind of builds off of it. Look, Alabama didn't play a midweek game. They've had all week to sit around and let that sweep at South Carolina simmer, let it sink in. And I, I think Bama is battling for an SEC tournament spot. And I think they're also battling for a regional spot at this point in the season. So Alabama cannot afford to have a bad series. Therefore, can LSU and this young team really respond and play with a true sense of urgency from the jump on Friday night? And can they show up and match what I assume is going to be an energetic team in that other dugout? Can they match Alabama's energy? I have no idea what the the environment that stadium is going to be like. But when I say sense of urgency, I'm talking about from the first pitch on Friday night. Can they bring it? And just keep it going and keep it going the whole weekend. You know, can they continue to get two out hits? Can they extend innings? Can the pitching staff put hitters away early? Can the pitchers put up shutdown innings after LSU scores? Meaning LSU scores two or three runs. As a pitcher, you want to go up and throw up a zero and get those guys in the dugout as quickly as possible. You know, if LSU has the starter for Alabama on the ropes in the third, can they find a way to finish him off? Or will they let him get in a rhythm, get wiggle out of a jam, and all of a sudden LSU hasn't done anything and it's the seventh? And they've struggled with that at times this year. These are all little things and they're key at this time of year. And especially when you have a winnable series, I think playing with a sense of urgency, taking it to the other team, and putting the pressure on them is huge. And I think even though Alabama's at home, I mean, they're just a very average team. And I think if LSU 
does a couple of those keys that I have to the weekend, I think they'll have a very successful series. All right, enough beating around the bush, Chris. Here we go. What is my series prediction? Remember, bold. Sweet, baby. I am predicting the LSU sweep on the road. Let's go, Tigers. Look, I'm not here to make easy predictions, and it's easy to say, ah, two out of three. Alabama's terrible, two out of three. Ole Miss at home, two out of three. Vandy on the road, two out of three. I mean, that's no fun. I think LSU sweeps this weekend. I really do. I think they send a message to people. And I, just, I don't, I don't want to be here to make easy predictions. I'm putting myself out there on a limb, but that's okay. I'll take the heat if, if I get it wrong. I just feel Bama's struggling, and LSU's getting hot at the right time of the year. Guys are swinging the bat well. You've seen the emergence of Tyler McManus, Pearson, who I mentioned earlier, who's on the stay right list. Stevenson at the bottom of the order, who's playing a great left field and who's also doing some really good things with the bat as well. Look, I look for LSU to hit a lot of homers this weekend. I've thought about this number. Man, I'm going, at first I started at nine, but that's probably too much. I'm putting the over under at seven and a half for home runs this weekend in a three game set. Seven and a half, and I feel like that's going to be light. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they hit nine. Seriously, I'm telling you, that ballpark is tiny. So I look for them to hit a lot of home runs this weekend and for LSU's pitchers to continue to have success, especially that bullpen and Hilliard. Look, Bama's the middle of the pack in almost every category for a reason, and I think LSU's just going to make a statement. And they're really going to put some people in other conferences and the national media on notice while everyone sits back and watch Arkansas and Auburn fight it out. So y'all can have fun with that series. But you got Bama, you got Ole Miss at home who's struggling, but still a little dangerous. And you got Vandy who's struggling. And Vandy, I believe, goes to Georgia this weekend. So that's going to be an interesting series to watch as well. Now you, you finish at Vandy, but Vandy's not the same team that we're used to seeing that program put out. But it's still on the road. Who knows what their situation is going to be? Are they fighting for a regional berth? That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. And I haven't broken down Vandy yet, but uh, that's going to be an interesting one on the pod. So my prediction, LSU sweep. Let's go, baby. So that's going to do it for this week's LSU versus Alabama series. Please make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, like, and comment on this video. Make sure to check out the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other audio platforms. And as always, be sure to follow and interact with me on Twitter. The account is at 60FT6INLSUPOD. Y'all stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. I will see y'all after the series.